0: Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless I guess it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. I've been really lucky to meet all types of people in this town that are incredibly talented. From songwriters, musicians, writers, costume designers, light designers, grafters, illustrators, you name it. There are so many talented people in Los Angeles. I think when you don't live in L.A. or New York, or perhaps you might not know anybody that works in the entertainment industry, it can feel sort of like top heavy. We know big name actors, sometimes directors and a few producers But really, the heartbeat of this city is maintained by some of the most talented people in the world that you might not know off the bat, or do you? To get the vanity and the obvious out of the way, my friend Eden is literally so hot. She is one of the most attractive people I have ever met in my life. She has like doe-like eyes bright blonde hair, a rockin' body. She has a beautiful little beauty mark right above her cherubic pursed lips. Eden looks like she was dreamt up and created to be a like perfect Hollywood glam siren. Literally. She's also incredibly fucking talented. She can write a killer Pop song. She can sing like a motherfucker. She can dance. And I love Eden and her story because she is completely self made, worked her ass off to the top a few times. She's zigzagged through different major labels, indie labels, projects, and she is like a true blue pop star. She also knows everyone and always has a very good tea. I just realized the last time we did one of my many weird shows <laughs> was my like live me live show. Which guess what? That's TikTok. No, that's the company of TikTok. Wow, um, Bite Dance, dude. And, Dance. and what's so crazy is I cannot. I you're the only person I see in my TikTok feed every day of my life. When I see I go you a lot too. I see you really? all the time. I'm like not even on there. You're very good at it. I'm not good. Oh, girl, I can't even get an audience on there. Now I've got threads. It's all too much, Eden. Oh, dude, listen,
1: if I'm making you believe that I'm good on there, like, great, I'm doing my job because I (laughs) fucking I just got one two and a half months ago because I refused for the longest time. because I was like, I'm not going on there and fucking doing some dumb dance and like what everyone's like, no, it's not like that. It's different. It's this and that. And I was like, all right. And then because I was putting music out again and I realized that so much has changed, I had to be on there. And so I literally had to hire. This is like real tea and I don't even care admitting it. I had to hire people to show me how to make TikToks because I was like, how the fuck do I even make a TikTok? I felt so old. First of all, I don't even do this.
0: There's no shame in that. I feel the same way. I'm kind of like, what am I supposed to do on here? This is so much work. But here's some other fun tea. And this no longer happens anymore, which is such a bummer. Do you know, for like the last year and a half, I was being paid to make white label TikToks for brands? What? Well, me. Oh, they are the funniest things. One day, maybe I'll like put them on my patreon. They are psychotic. It was for like, video games, Hello,, <laughs> all these weird, and I got paid very well. and that sounds I would make them.: awesome. I know it doesn't have the company folded, which sucks, but I would like have people here and there hit me up and be like, Is this you dressed up as, like, a princess? No, it was, like, insane. (laughs) It's, like, mortifying. Eden, it's terrible. It's, like, insane. And I'd be, like, Like, give me an ad. Give me one. I mean, oh, oh, what were the lines? No, it would all have to be, like, No, like, what kind of brand or something? Like, what were you? Yeah, no. They were, like, princess game, like, mobile games, like, with (laughs) kings and queens. Or there would be, like, HelloFresh, where I made this, like, weird pizza thing. What was another one? I mean, oh, one of them, the weirdest one, the last one I did was all about, and I liked it because I, obviously you and I are both chihuahua moms and we are mm-hmm. animal lovers mm-hmm. and it was all about this medicine for dogs that like was not like homeopathic but like Ravioli, I mean, no residuals. Look, there she's just passed out in the back. I it was so weird. I will send some of a tennis game, which makes sense for me because I love tennis, but it was so unhinged. Rachel was like, These are the funniest, weirdest things you've ever done in your life. And yeah, okay. they're out there.
1: I love it. I want to see them. And also, you just
0: gave me another little nugget. You play tennis? I do play tennis, not very well. I have a ball machine. Do you play tennis? So, kind of. Does Ryan and play I'm- tennis?
1: I want to play tennis. Does Ryan play tennis? No, no, no. Uh, But I so badly have this fantasy. I have the skirt. I have the racket. I have the the gear. And I really want to find a group of friends where we like get tennis going. And like, I just fucking love it. Like when the sun sets and it's like still kind of hot, but there's a little breeze. And like, first of all,
0: I have that crew already. I have. Can I join? A hundred percent. I even have, like, group lessons, like, what? once a month. Yes, and I live in the burbs, and I'm not going to say which part. I live park, in the burbs, too. I won't say where, either. But what? I'll tell you, obviously, after. Yeah. And we have yeah. tennis courts everywhere that are open and free all the time. And I have a ball machine, my own ball machine. Okay, I need to get hit with those balls. Yeah, girl. I got you. I got you.
1: Um, I love that my lesbian friend is going to hit me with the balls.
0: Yeah, it's the only balls I've seen in quite some time. Thank God. Um, all day, every day. I'm yeah. obsessed. You look like an angel. I Thank love you. that it's like tea, like your obsession. Like, I, you know, it's so interesting. I think we all sometimes forget about like the love infatuation we can feel for like characters or celebrities. And I love that like that comes out. You talk about masturbation in that song, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> Dreaming with my hands. Mm-hmm. I, I heard it. I saw somewhere that you said that you had written that song like 10 years ago. Is that right? Did I read that right? I wrote and recorded it. That's the same vocal from a decade ago. Really?
1: Yeah. It's just a different bridge. I wrote a new bridge. That's the only new vocal. I I didn't like the bridge that was there before. I wrote and recorded it in a castle in France at an ASCAP songwriting retreat a decade ago.
0: What a flex.
1: (laughs) And I had it. And I was telling everyone, I'm like, I had this whole other separate body of work when I was on two labels. I went through two labels with that gem of a song. And I was like, I think this is the single. Like, this is a hit. And everyone was kind of like, <laughs> the first questions they always ask, which I find really fucking annoying is they're always like, who did you, who produced it? Who'd you write it with? And uh, if you don't say someone who's like in the charts right then, so many executives will just like ass it up because they just they can't they're not creative they don't right. listen to the actual song they just want to see like who's charting right now so the irony about the whole thing was like those people at the time the people that i worked with okay i wrote it with jesse shack well jesse shack produced it yes and co-wrote it and i co-wrote it with mozilla and at the time she was in such a she's spoken about this so i don't feel like i'm blown up her spot by saying it but she was in like a pretty hard spot mentally financially like all of it And she had just gone through a very painful breakup. She was supposed to marry the guy. And he like literally called off the wedding. It was like a whole thing. And she wrote a little song called Wrecking Ball.
0: And (laughs) just a small one. Just mm -hmm. a small little song called Wrecking Ball.
1: Yeah. So, you know, she went on. She got her number one. And then Jesse produced Chandelier for Sia.
0: Yeah. Another small one. So I'm
1: ready to get my number one because I remember explaining this to people and being like, I don't care who I wrote. This is so good. And these people are so talented. And like, if you believe in me, you will listen to me. And like, and it doesn't matter. They don't fucking listen to you. And then cut to like, those are two of the biggest songs of the last decade. And that's who I
0: wrote that song with a decade ago in a castle in France. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And they were in the castle in France with you. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Who else was in that castle in France? A lot of cool people. Mr. Hudson. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Who's that?
1: So I knew who he was because I lived in England, which I know you lived in England. I'm Long listening to ago. you.
0: Cool, cool, oh, you, cool. wow. You were really listening to my, oh my yeah, God, I my diary cool, cool, cool. entry. I, oh, yeah, good. You're well, you're cool. on it right now. Oh my <laughs> God. <what>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hudson. He's dope. He's collabed with like Jay-Z and like he's, he's another cool, like he's fucking cool. Um, British singer. Producer wise, I would say Jesse who ended up doing chandelier is probably the biggest no actually there's just, just a lot of people this nashville guy who's done a bunch of Carrie underwood shit and like a lot of cool people um and then uh oh this guy named gary go who did the skrillex um are, i can't think of oh the yeah, it. yeah 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 you are cinema i could watch you forever that yep. guy just cool people it was like i don't think they do it anymore but they did it every year and they would do like x amount of artists i think it was like five artists. So I was, I was in the artist category, five songwriters, and then five... No, there's more than 15 of us. There's like 20 of us. Oh, Dan Nigro. How about that? He went on. He, he couldn't get arrested. Congrats, Dan Nigro. He couldn't get arrested until literally last year when he co-wrote and co-produced the entire Olivia Rodrigo album.
0: Which is insane. Yeah. And that's the and thing. He, I mean, that's, you, that's what doesn't make any sense to me. It, it does... Let me back up. I think it has, there's like a timing element. There's the right artist element. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of things like to your point, it's like, well, those two people made literally some of the biggest songs ever. Some of the biggest sinks, some of, I mean, the Wrecking Ball, I would say arguably, while obviously Miley was very famous before, I think it like made her as a, a, who she is today. So
1: it's like I would agree with that. It like it's it's it changed the trajectory of her career to like one that was a bit more I think people I think well I know for a fact because in England again I sat in on a sound check for her during like a Hannah Montana tour because my friend was her backup singer. And I remember being blown away and not and I remember coming in with a certain vibe, judgy. I'll just be honest. I was like a fucking Disney. Yeah. And then I was watching her soundcheck and I was like, this bitch can fucking sing. And I was like, it was like me and like one other person in this like auditorium or auditorium. God, I'm tired. Um, amphitheater. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, she's really good. But then I think it got overshadowed by a lot of like public antics and whatever. And then I I agree with you. I think Wrecking Ball was the moment when everyone kind of went and like looked at her with a new lens. And it, it just made... And I don't know, she made a lot more fans that way and was able to do different types of records. And I think she's brilliant. But that song definitely helped her a lot. Yeah. So the demo's amazing,
0: by the way. I have Mozilla's demo. It's Whoa, so- that's tight. That's mm-hmm. very tight. So mm-hmm. you release the song 10 years later and independent. The video's mm-hmm. incredible. You I was saying this to you before we started to record. I love all your videos. They're always like a good fun time. They give me like real music video vibes oh well, it's, that's the best compliment i you know like a real like the ones you like race home to watch after school what yeah, was your yeah. concept like how did you come up with because i even saw on tiktok like all the hair and makeup the different looks i love the pearls on the face like you really went for Thank it you. well um
1: thank you i came up with the con so the concept really is like well i'm super visual and making videos is one of my favorite things um i was saying to you before we started for this record for too cool to dance that's the only time i ever had a big budget with a label they spent like i'm gonna be gross and just tell you but i feel like they spent i remember it was like 110 grand for that video and i was like and it's all right like i had notes the whole time i thought that I thought the director was a little bit of a bitch. Don't care if you hear this. Um, (laughs) And I was just like, what what people don't realize is you have to pay that money back. So you actually, you don't want to spend 110 grand on your music video because you're you're already 110 grand in the hole. So I was always like, no, give me like five to 10 grand and I will go make a way better music video, you know, and which I had been doing for years and years. And so I, I would like to think that I've, I'm have i like so, sort of a director at this point. I mean, I work with a great team of people who I trust. I'm also very loyal because I think loyalty is something that is really hard to find in this town. And so I think that that helps me because when I have budgets, I've called the same people. When I don't, I call the same people and they're always yeah. there for me. So that's also how I'm able to do some of it. But the concept was into me, I, you know... I really love old Hollywood and I, my mind was blown because I've always loved the visual, that image of from creature of the black lagoon where he's Mm -hmm. carrying her out of the fucking swamp. And, you know, and did you know that was the first 3d movie ever made? No. Yeah. That's cool. In theaters in the 50s, people wore like the 3D and then it didn't work. It was kind of a flop and everyone was like, and then Michael Jackson like made 3D cool again. And I don't know. It was just interesting to me. So my vibe was like Creature of the Black Lagoon meets like those German films from the 20s, which I believe the style is called expressionism, German expressionism. It's that's more about the lighting and like the harsh shadows and stuff. Meets like '90s club kid, like in my bedroom, like you were talking about, yeah. like being obsessed with this, like you know, this ubiquitous Justin Timberlake on the wall, or whoever the fuck it is that you like think you're gonna marry one day, and like um Jonathan Taylor me, was, Thomas. Like, how boring would it be if it's just like a guy? Like, how about I'm in love with like you know, like a, a sea monster? What did you say that it's I missed? Of, a, you know,
0: Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But okay. JTT. I was I was
1: in the Leo Lovers Club.
0: Stop. Titanic. How do you feel about that now? Because he's kind of like mm. he's kind of jumped the shark for me a little. The fact that he dates those girls that are just so young, I can't. I'm like, dude, you're kind of the worst. Yeah, How, yeah, it's weird.
1: Um, and he's not very weird. hot anymore. Hate to say it. I do you know what it is? It's like he's a movie star. Fair so enough. I feel like he's always hot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: fine. But- yeah, fine. If I thought about it long enough, I suppose I would vomit over the fact that he dates like 10 year olds. Yeah, it's
0: like super gnarly. It's just like, I mean, listen, Camilla marone I think that's how you say her name, is stunning. Mm -hmm. So I get it. But she was like 19. I was like, dude, that's it's weird. It's weird. I
1: think it's weird when guys like want women to not have pubes. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not like a little like boy or like you
0: know what I mean? Like I'm just like (laughs) I'm a woman. Like Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but I love I think you've always taken really interesting risks, whether it's like in you as a solo artist as Eden XO, but then also Jesse and the Toy Boys is genius oh thanks. like it's so out there so what i'm referring to if you don't know <laughs> jesse jessica I, I never call you jesse or jessica should i and no nobody Eden? calls me that eden's my middle name no i know but i just mm-hmm. didn't know anyway no, nobody calls me that because i'm like oh my god have i been like weird this whole time no okay no so, it's, it would be weird if you called me that to be okay honest. so jesse and the boy t- or the toy boys was mm-hmm. your first project right no
1: kind of, no
0: third <laughs> she's a vet um okay your third project <laughs> mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah i remember that like that's when you went on tour with nikki and britney spears which we'll get to femme fatale which is i i would say probably one of the most iconic tours of did the you last come to that tour time. no But I just know it because you were in it. It would have been so fun if you came. Oh, I would have really had a lot more to talk about, but I (laughs) didn't. So that's fine. But you didn't even have. So I was like, oh, yeah, I remember she was in that band. And then I like looked it up. I'm like, wait, no, they were fucking mannequins. Yeah. (laughs) So you were a solo artist, but just with mannequins. How was pitching that to like a label? I didn't have to.
1: I just did it. I wasn't on a label. I was independent. I got that tour as an indie artist. How did you get that tour? My agent really believed in me. John Marks, still my agent to this day. WME, shout out. Um, And John has this ability to, I mean, literally, I don't know why he's still my agent. Thank you, John. Because other than me, he picks fucking winners. I mean, he signed Gaga and really elevated her career. Like first thing he did was put her as the opening act for the pussycat dolls tour he signed bruno mars he's still bruno's agent he was gaga's agent forever until she made um i can't think of that movie with bradley cooper mom brain's a real thing like if any moms are listening i'm still in the mom brain zone all of all of the mm-hmm.
0: listeners are moms so
1: they okay get it. great yeah they get it so she went to ca after that which i which
0: whatever I yeah with now. her like creepy dude mm-hmm. that she
1: dated. But yeah, but he was yeah, john yeah. john was her agent forever and then uh the weekend he's the weekends i mean he just picks so i was pretty honored he was my agent or is my agent and you know it's like don't ask don't get i remember being like i want to open up for Britney spears and my manager at the time who i love and we're still friends to this day he's also like me he's like anything's fucking possible why not why not like if, if you don't add, if you don't put it out there you know how are you going to you know whatever that's step 1 so me and him were like yeah i'm getting this tour we just lived in that space meanwhile like the whole town wanted that slot
0: you know and it's yes, this- Britney Spears and Nicki Minaj at a time when that sort of like those like Women it was really that time, that femme fatale tour. I mean, it was just the time that they were billing. I think it's they don't I don't see it done as much anymore with like two real like co-headliners like that. I mean Nikki was still, I don't think Nikki was where she is now, but still like that's a double headline tour. That's crazy. It was awesome.
1: It was awesome. And uh it was awesome too because I got 20 minutes, which a lot of openers don't get that much time. Wow. So I got 20 minutes. And then in certain cities, I was doing so well on the tour, which was like just a dream come true that Nikki couldn't do a couple places in Florida. And originally, they were going to fly in Jordan Sparks to fill in her spot. And I was crushing it so hard that Britney's management and Britney and everybody at the time were like, do you want to just do like a 40-minute set? And I was like, yeah. And so I played I, I was the sole opener for Fort Lauderdale, not Miami. She was there for Miami. We did a bunch of places in Florida. All the floor, uh, anything besides Miami in Florida, I opened. Nikki couldn't be there; she was with Sean
0: Kingston in like Jamaica or some shit. And then,
1: oh my god, Sean
0: Kingston! You know what's know, trip? Throwback <laughs> names. Wait, you know what's so throwback is my friend Chris Turner was sean kingston's backup singer for that whole that whole time and they all got robbed oh, no. on their tour bus do you remember that yeah shout out to chris if you're listening yeah chris and i went to the new school together jazz contemporary school and he was wow. there he was great he's an amazing singer from oakland he's beautiful beautiful i voice didn't boy. know you went to jazz contemporary school they kicked my ass out because i couldn't read music <sighs> But uh, that was the end of that. Yeah, no kidding, Eden. You don't know any of these things. Do you think I'm telling like you and Bonnie McKee and all my other fucking major pop star writing crazy friends that I can sing? I keep that shit to my motherfucking self. I came to L.A., was acting, singing a little, and then speaking of things. They were just like you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. You we won't can't book you. We can't book you. You're fat. You have to oh lose weight. You have to lose weight. And I just couldn't. I'm like, dude, this is how my body is shaped. Yeah, that was a wild time. But yeah, I'm not telling you guys I can sing. You guys are pop stars. You're on tour with fucking Britney Spears and Nicki Minaj and doing songs with like people from no doubt and fucking Sp- <laughs> who else? I- Little John. I'm like blah, blah, blah. like get out of here. Also, okay. Be, well, I want to hear you sing. I'm going to sing privately, sing. private on okay, the tennis court. Okay. On the tennis court. Could you imagine? Oh my god! Yes. How weird! I That'd would be love amazing.
1: that. Actually, also, if you do a also tennis, I can completely imagine you as an amazing actress without
0: seeing your work. I already. That's <laughs> very obvious. So... I couldn't. Well, thank you. What a time! What a time to be alive. Wait, Wait. but did you hang out with Brittany? This is what we really want to know. We need to oh, know yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was she with Kevin Federline at that
1: time? No, she was dating She was dating her agent at WME.
0: Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That was like later. The white dude, but he dates everyone.
1: Yeah, and he had long hair. Like that guy, I can't think of his name. He had to quit the agency because he was dating her. And then he was like, her, he was just like on the road with us. Like so weird. In a lot of cities. It was kind of random. Was she uh, cool? She's the coolest. Nikki's. Fucking beyond the coolest. Uh, well, I love Nikki too, like so much. Nikki was nothing but hilarious and cool as fuck to me. However, some people would say, would throw around like, oh, Nikki was kind of a diva, whatever. To me, I just call bullshit because again, like if Nikki was a man, they wouldn't use that word. It's not, I don't think she's, she's not, a. the the times I saw her kind of lose her chill was just, in regard to her show, like if something was off or wrong or like she would. Yeah, she'd stop rehearsal and whatever and be like, where is this? Why isn't this working? What? Right. Because she cared about putting on a really good show. That to me does not a diva, a bitch, an asshole make. It's just someone who cares about their show. I mean, you can go watch Truth or Dare, Madonna. She does the same thing. She stops and she's like, I remember there's like a moment in Truth or Dare where she's like, why can't I hear my voice? Somebody's getting fired. Like the whole thing. And it's like, well, yeah, it's got to like, so I, I loved both of them. Brittany, I spent less time with now we all kind of know why, right? because I will say like, they never left her really alone. Like someone was always around. And I did think like, oh, well, she's Britney Spears. Like, of course, someone's always around, you know, like, I didn't think twice about it until Stuff started coming out and I was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of weird. And like little things were clicking in the sure. place for me. But, um, well, fuck really good mom. I don't like the way that this whole thing's been twisted on her by K fed of like being a bad mom because I witnessed her being an extraordinary mother. Her boys were on the road with us a lot. Her creepy fucking dad was there a the lot. He, he gave me the creeps immediately. I never, I never met him officially. I never shook his hand. Nothing. Fee Felicia, who works, who's who's in the Baby One More Time video, she was on that tour, and what a fucking angel woman she is. She really loves Britney and has her best interest, and like, she would do the fan, um, like this VIP, like pre, like she like tours for them and the meet and greets, and like, so they I would always be like sound checking or whatever, and they'd come around and watch my sound check, and they'd like, it was so much fun. But like, Britney, I mean, I wish it was the kind of thing where we all like got on Brittany's bus and ate popcorn and watched movies together, her team didn't make it for that type of environment. Yeah. I had much more moments like that with Nikki because Nikki wasn't like, you know, being controlled by her father on the tour. So yes, I hung out with Brittany. I love her. I adore her. Um, you know, I saw her every day for three, four months. It was a long tour. That's the other thing. They, they scheduled it out. They, they had these like mandatory off days for her. So therefore, we had off days, which is like not financially, like doesn't make the most sense. But for me, it was great because I had to pay for my bus. I had no label. So on those off days, I would book predominantly like pride fests. I'd go play gay clubs. I'd go whatever I could do to then take that money and put it back into the whole... I mean, like I pretty much broke even by the end of it because I wasn't making that much as the opener. And... um it's expensive every day with a bus driver like that. The gas alone, it's like fucking great. It's thousands of dollars a day. That's and so crazy. Because they made it. her have these mandatory off days, you're just burning through a lot of your resources when you're a no major label indie artist like
0: myself. Is so, this when you did Dinosaur? I did Dinosaur before I got the tour. I've never been to Dinosaur. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it's really
1: fun being a straight girl there too. I bet. I feel like you just... I don't know like I had this like energy I don't know if like I don't know you would know better than me but like
0: I don't know it felt like almost like a novelty to everybody so it was like first so of all fun. everybody thinks I'm straight all the time so I get it also <laughs> I would be I don't know I haven't been I talk about it a lot on this show I talked about it on my last show I just am like it, fe- it feels scary and overwhelming to me but what sure? do I know I'm also like a total brat and I refuse to go unless I'm like invited and have red carpet everything. Oh, well, we can sort that out. You help me with tennis. We'll go to dinosaur. Oh, my God. Great. VIP. So into it. So, all right. So, Jesse and the Toy tw- why did you decide to kind of re, I guess, kind of rename yourself, but use your middle name? Like, why did you make that decision to stop doing Jesse and the Toy Boys and just go Eden? And then So an I didn't. It
1: was kind oh. of made for me. I thought that okay, so we're so we're gonna travel back in time. Now we're like in. So I did the tour in 2011. Instagram, I re- I had Instagram. It had come out on the road, but I used it for its filter capabilities. Oh yeah, to then, like tweet it right. Like I didn't know what Instagram was. So there's a couple things where the timing wasn't so great for me. Number one being an independent artist with that massive of a platform where I was truly crushing it and earning fans in real life. Like people were like that opening act, like, fuck, I wasn't going to watch, but oh my God, you sucked me in. I'm a fan. I was selling well, like all that. What I couldn't do is I couldn't get on the radio because the major mm. label dominated the radio and they didn't like the fact that. I was independent because I had a couple offers, which we declined politely because I didn't... I was like, I don't fucking need this because I had been signed before, to which I, I'll i just... Why would you know this? I, you, there's no reason why you would know this. Tell me. My first project was a punk band called Shut Up Stella. We
0: all... I love we were it. three girls. Yeah.
1: Actually, do you know Fan? Fan who? Fan Lori. She... Oh, no, but it name.
0: sounds familiar. No, I don't.
1: Okay. Well... So shut up Stella. Uh, so fan is gay and we with three girls and, um, Kristen was the other band member in our band and fan was in love with Kristen. And it got to be a thing where it was kind of like two against one a lot. Mm. And I was just like, this sucks. I was always left out. They're always sharing like hotels and whatever, but we were signed to Epic records when I was uh, 17 years old. So I had already been through that major label system and I was like, fuck this. So when I did Jesse and the Toy Boys, because I love Madonna so much and I had this idea with the mannequins and I had the poster of Madonna with the belt that says boy toy, I just flipped it and I had this whole like conceptual. I also love Gem in the Holograms, the cartoon. Duh. My initials are Gem, Jessica Eden Malacuti. So I, a lot of people called me Gem. So I was like, Gem in the Holograms. It's like this and that and like, whatever. I don't, that's kind of how it came together. But so at this time, I didn't have like, first of all, I never played the game. I hated social media. I still hate it. I don't still don't play the game. And I remember going into like meetings and then being like, okay, we need you to like, if you see like a Ferrari, we need you to like lean on it and be like new car. And like, I'm like, I'm not doing that. And it's so funny because they, this company was also working with Jeffrey Star, oh, who, God. um, I know, who he was playing the game and doing all that bullshit. I mean, and he, you know, but I, I'd i rather not do it that way personally. So point of all this, to answer your question, is that in some people's eyes, Jesse and the Toy Boys was like a flop because I wasn't on the radio. So I thought that was crazy. I think people don't, to, they still don't. They don't give artists enough time to like, it's like we're these little buds and they're just like, bloom, bloom, bloom. And you're going right. But like, it's not fast enough for them. And so what had happened was when I had the interest of Virgin Records and when I had the wherewithal to realize like, I'm never getting on the fucking radio, because Spotify didn't exist. Right. It would have been right. like a game. So I'm like, I'm never getting on the radio if I don't fucking fold and sign to one of these labels. So I did again and right away, I had someone who will remain nameless who told me that Jesse and the Toy Boys was a flop and we needed to rebrand. And I was like, I mean, I walk around West Hollywood and like people like know me and they're like, that's so cute. Like, you know, like West Hollywood, like yeah, we, we're we thinking bigger and that and whatever. And they literally had me in a room and were like, we, you need to be the next Katy Perry. And I just remember being oh like, God. And, cause, and they were talking pretty like disparagingly about her. They were saying like, some Just ages. We're not even that different. Like it's just well, because wasn't she on Epic first? She was on Columbia. We have a similar tra- similar trajectory. She was on oh,
0: she Columbia. Was on Epic.
1: Same company. Same parent company. It so is because Columbia Epic.
0: Well, because I remember. I mean, I knew. I will also keep him nameless because I actually adore him so much, and I worked for his wife for a long time. But an exec there, an A and R who was at, I believe he was at Epic forever. I'm anyway he was like dude poor katie perry would come into our office they just treated her like shit and yeah same thing like same thing as me you have to lose weight because katie perry is not like a tiny i've met her like you've met her we, she's yeah. not she's small like boned but she's not like t- she's like me she's like curvy she has beautiful tits, has she's ass, beautiful tits she's great ass she's like girls. beautiful like crazy hot tits, and they're real they're real, real. Yeah. But like they were awful to her. And look, she's like a major star. And you and I share a mutual friend, Bonnie McKee, who wrote like low-key almost all of her hit songs. You know? I mean, it's like such a crazy Okay. Yeah. So they were like, We have to rebrand you. And you were like, Fuck. Okay, fine. And then you were like, Eden. Well, no,
1: the first thing I said is I was like, Well, why don't I just be like Cause they didn't like the whole toy boy concept. They were like, it's confusing for people because it's not really a band. And I was like, I've always been just more indie in my soul. So I've always been like, I think that's cool. It's cool. that, And they're like, no, no, no. We need like, it needs to be like, you know, just a pop star name. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, why can't I just, okay, well, what about like Jesse Malacuti, which is, which was my last name. And this person says to me, it's too ethnic. Oh God. And I was like, and by the way, this was 2014. That's not that long ago. And I was Mm -hmm. like, it's too ethnic. And they're like, Yeah. People in like middle America and in the South, like they're not going to be able to like pronounce your name. And I was like, in my head, I thought Aguilera, like you, you tell you teach people and they'll learn it. Like, but I was like, "Uh, okay. And so then they came up with all these fucking stupid names. It was like Trixie and like just stuff that I was like, no. And one day I was like, what about my middle name's Eden? And literally everyone was like, what? <laughs> like, like no one knew. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, why the fuck aren't you going by that? And I was kind of like, I don't know. It's a way better name. But so I just wanted it to be just Eden. Just Eden. But then I hate this person. I'll say his name. I don't care. I don't, ha- I don't hate him because I don't wish him harm, but I strongly dislike this person. Um, his name's Steve Barnett. And he was CEO of Capital Music Group at the time that I was signed there. He's not a music person. I don't know why he was running a music company. And um, he got sued when he was at Columbia. He dropped Katy Perry full fucking circle. He got sued when he was at Columbia because of One Direction because there was another group with like the number one. And so when I just wanted it to just be Eden, they were concerned that it wasn't like Googleable enough, like on its own, or like there was a like, mm-hmm. company. And then there was porn. By the way that Scooter Braun. Okay. After they dropped me, they signed this kid, not kid. He's not a kid. He's literally older than me. I don't know his name. It's like something Nguyen, like the N-G-U-Y-E-N. His name is not Eden. It's not on his birth certificate, nothing. And he had a song called XO and Scooter Braun started managing him and Steve Barnett allowed him to be Eden, just Eden, same label, now, if that's not brand confusion, I don't fucking know what is. And it crushed me because Ugh. everyone would be like commenting on my shit. And they'd be like, this isn't Eden's ex. This is the wrong Eden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they put the whole machine behind him because Scooter Braun, And I just found it so like, it just broke my heart because I didn't want to add the XO. I'm sorry. I'm skipping around. Cause I was like, I don't want to add anything. And they were like, you have to, or they're literally holding your single hostage and it's not going to come out. And it was like on the schedule, which was impossible to get. And I was like, and, and was this, this too cool to dance? It was too cool to dance. And it what? and by the way, I wanted all day, every day to be my first single. And I was like, all right. And so, and uh, I had written too cool to dance to pitch for Kylie Minogue. It wasn't even something I was that attached to, but I was like, okay. And so finally, Jelly, rest in peace, who has a major hand in Katie's career. If anybody's seen the Katy Perry movie, the documentary, she's the executive who was formerly at Columbia who stole the files and brought them over to Capitol. Jelly was like, Eden, just why don't you just like you sign all your emails with XO. You're always doodling XO. Like, why don't we just add that? We'll make it really small in the font. And when you're doing like Radio and press, you don't have to say it. Just be like, What's up? It's Eden. You're listening to my, you know, kind of coaching me through it and convincing me. And I was like, It's fine. I was like, Okay. And so my first logo, which they changed, it was like in the E and really small. And like little by little, they just made me start saying the XO. And I felt that it felt, it does feel really young to me. It's not evergreen. It bugs me to this day, but now it's like, it's too
0: late. Like, I don't want to rebrand for like the fifth time. So, you know. I never think of it, though. It's so funny. Well, because also your husband is thank you, X Random. mm -hmm. Which is random. And I'm like, so I kind of like love it in that way that you and Ryan are like Zs, but not. Which is Mm -hmm. Eden's husband is an incredible artist. um, And you guys are just like the hottest couple that has pretty much ever existed, I think ever potentially Um, it's really wild also isn't he in that wait which video he's in one of your videos like as your love interest on a skateboard he's in too cool to dance because the actor didn't show up oh my god classic i i i was like was it the other one well because then so you do too cool for dance which all of you guys should google you will know the song you had so many syncs with i felt like that show that song was like it's the most sinkable Song, I mean, yeah. And how does so? I think it's an actually an interesting time to ask you about syncs, because then you had the weekend, mm-hmm. which I which was after that song, right? After to yeah. cool, and that was great because you have like all my friends in your music, Molly and Bonnie, and you guys were like sexy you guys wore like pr- like Disney princess Halloween costumes. It was really really cute. Super into mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Talk to me about like because your music is like pure amazing timeless like pop music like real oh. pop music is so fucking hard in my i think it's like some of the hardest music to write create because it has to be like literal it has to like almost make you obsessively listen and like mm-hmm. you want to just like keep listening because it's pop music talk to me about syncs like because I mm-hmm. think with the strike right now, people are like, oh, my God, why is SAG striking? And why is WGA striking? And it's like mm-hmm. for them, it's residuals, right? Like a big mm-hmm. issue is the streaming residuals. A lot of actors, writers are like, what the fuck? This is being streamed a gazillion times on streamers and I'm not seeing any of the revenue. Are mm-hmm. syncs something that like really help artists or is oh, it just not? tremendously. Revenue? Okay. Case in point, Lizzo. Lizzo was
1: going to be dropped. I, I this is just real tea. I know this for a fact. I, she wants to deny it and spin her thing, I don't really know. I don't follow like what she says in the media, but I, this is just facts. Lizzo was going to be dropped. Which, what a shame. Can you imagine if they did that? Like Lizzo was amazing, so she was going to be dropped, and she got a sync in a in a Netflix movie of a older record she had done, um, which was Truth Hurts. So Truth Hurts is in a Tiffany Haddish scene of some movie that was like wildly popular. Netflix pushed it, pushed it. And so everyone heard the song because all she needed was like a chance. Like they just didn't. She hadn't found her audience yet. But again the rose bloom they just wanted her to bloom faster they just want everything so fast these fucking labels they're like if it's not a hit tomorrow it's a failure and it's like dude you know and tiktok's you know bite dance you know fucking (laughs) your your shit that you were early on is kind of showing everyone like
0: i mean look what happens with kate bush i mean the kate bush thing is insane like truly insane
1: or like it's like you got to give some things some time sometimes. So so yes, syncs matter tremendously. Lizzo getting that sync saved her career. Then they repackaged the album because I believe, I'm not 100 on this fact, I'd have to look it up. I want to say Truth Hurts
0: wasn't even on the album that they made. You're right. Yeah. And I only know this because a very, very close friend of mine has been YouTube, like her company. We worked at MySpace together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, remember those days with me? I sure MySpace? do. That's how I first got discovered is MySpace. Yes. It's how like everybody got to That's why it was like the best job I've ever had because everyone would say yes to me. No one would say no. All artists <laughs> were like, Yeah, fuck yeah, MySpace. And I'd be like, Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't on the album because it was her, it was such an old song. And you're yeah. right, because my friend Lindsay Fell, who's amazing, yeah. She was like early days working with Lizzo's team. And I remember I went to like a really small show in the kind of when she started to hit, or like mm-hmm. they gave her the second chance. Mm-hmm. And she said it. She's like, dude, this song is so fucking old. Like mm-hmm. I, we yeah, they re the whole thing and put Trinity. They repackaged it now.
1: and based it around that as the lead single. And then everything else like blew up and, and thank God because I think she's an incredible artist. She plays the fucking flute. She's the flute. Yeah, no, like, come mm-hmm.
0: on, guys. And then Gives me a little bit of kid's bop vibes, though. I have Is to be. playing The whole Lizzo. I oh, okay. it's, yeah. Listen, yeah. I, for me, it's fine. Like, of course, like I was in Pilates this morning. Truth <laughs> hurts comes on. I'm going to sing along. But I'm not like putting Lizzo on. If I'm being honest, I have to be honest. That's fine. And And look. I I see that actually I could see that and hear that. I'm kind of like okay. My too cool to dance gives me kids bop vibes sometimes. Too I'm cool like, too cool to dance does give me kids bop vibes a little bit, but it doesn't really matter. What's the biggest <laughs> sync you got with that song?
1: The biggest sync I got was with this whole movement, which was National Dance Day, and it was so the song was synced on so you think you can dance, but oh. it was a it was more than that. It was a campaign for Fox a Fox. Yeah, because it was then it was one of the two songs chosen. It was chosen for the uh, beginner's routine. So every year for like the Dizzy Feet Foundation and whatever, they would choose like two records and they would. The judges would choreograph a hard routine and an easy routine. And then like kids around North America
0: would learn it and go to these conventions. And I don't fucking know what they win at the end of the day. Dude, that's but crazy. Did you watch like. Thousands of little kids dancing to your song. I did <laughs> at all these dance conventions. And then I, I went on stage with
1: Nigel Lithgow in L.A. for the L.A. one. And we taught it to them, even though they already knew it. They watched it on YouTube and we were teaching it. And Nige, the judge on So You Think You. It was like that was probably the biggest because it was tied into a whole movement. I mean, back to the real tea. I mean, this is what's crazy. I mean, do you even know I got dropped? No. Or no? So the song was really successful. It was actually well, yeah. selling over four thousand copies a week when nobody was even buying music, and it was all it had all these syncs. And I was it was Christmas time, and I they had given me a shoestring budget, like nothing. They wouldn't even pay for hair and makeup when I was doing like radio shows that were like oh. big shows. I just like it was so crazy. Like literally, my manager was loaning, and I had no money because what people don't realize is like. Okay. Like, I'll just tell you my advance for that deal was 25 grand, dude. I'm supposed to live on that for like years before I'm seeing any of the money that's returned after they're spending like 110 on the video and all this bullshit. Right. So when I would asked for like $200 to go get like dry bar and a makeup artist, it was like, no. And I'm like, cool. So my own manager was literally like paying for shit. So at Christmas time, I'm I'm I cracked the top 40. I shook every hand, kissed every baby, did everything they asked me to. You're playing at this show and some of these stages, it would be like literally dangerous. It would be like a plank, like I'm walking the plank in Peter Pan and I'm like dancing my ass off and performing. And then there's like. Drinks and hair, like, I'll oh, just, it's a mess, you know? And like, I'm doing, and I'm in like Virginia in like the re- most random like coal mining town. Like, it was so, I did it all. I, one day I got on like how many, like five planes. I ended up in Atlanta at the end and I f- truly thought I was going to die. Like, the, they worked me and I worked it. And I was 31 on the charts with a bullet and I was doing today's show and it was all going. And then Steve Barnett, Hated my AR, Ron Fair, Ron Fair, the legend, the man who signed Christina Aguilera um, amongst many other amazing acts, hated each other like this. And he fires Ron. I don't exactly know what happened. I know a big fight ensued and words were exchanged. Ron's fired, drops all of Ron's acts, except me, because I he can't drop me because he can't justify to like the heads of UMG that he's dropping an artist who's literally in the top 40 at that moment. So they moved me to capital proper, gave me a whole new team and pulled my song from radio. Yeah. So they didn't think it was a hit and that it had done all it's going to do. Meanwhile, it's 31 with a bullet at Christmas time, the hardest time to get a new song in the charts because Christmas music eats up a lot of the slots and they dropped me. I made the weekend independently the video because they wouldn't make a video. And so I was like, fuck you. I'm making this music video myself. That was filmed in my manager's office on a weekend. We just took all the furniture out and um, I premiered it on the Snap Channel and they didn't even know what that was. Like the marketing people were like, what's the Snap Channel? And I was the second artist to do that after Madonna because Evan Spiegel was a fan. All craziness, I know. And they were like, well, you violated UMG policy by premiering this on the Snap Channel. Meanwhile, I was already dead in the water. I already knew it. And then they dropped me. I mean, who pulls a hit song... From radio, just talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face. That's when I gave up on the the
0: labels. I was like, "You're this is not the way to win. Like it's not." Would so. you ever sign with a label again? Ever? I mean, I guess you shouldn't say never. Ever, never. Sign um, ever, but Yeah, it would have to be a very attractive deal because
1: I skipped over because it's boring. I don't want to get into it. I've had three major label deals, three, and I've had three pretty large indie deals, pretty big indie labels. If I signed to a major label again, or any label for that matter, I would have to get a lot of fucking money up front. And then I would have to be told, do whatever you want. We're going to leave you alone. And when you're ready, let us know. If those were the terms, yeah. Anything other than that, it's not worth it. I'm not making... Because to your point about sinks, once I was off the label, the first thing I did... So hopefully this is inspiring to someone and I'm not just talking too much, but so I get a call from business affairs when I'm getting dropped. I already knew I was getting dropped. I was like, I've, I've seen this story so many times. Just I already knew the writing was on the wall. And the reason I knew was I was supposed to do the DC tree lighting with Megan Trainer, And they called me and they were like, Hey, you're coming home. And I was like, why? And they were like, Oh, like they all just tried to lie to me to spare my feelings and let me have a good Christmas. But meanwhile, I was like, "Come January, they're dropping me. I just know it." And that's exactly what happened. And um when Business Affairs called me, she was a woman. She is a woman. She was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm really sorry. We just, you know, we spent so much money and we try It's just bullshit. Just carrying out her marching orders and." She's like, if there's anything you need, let me know. And it was the first time I spoke up for myself. I was like, there is something I, I need. And she's like, oh, like that was weird for her. she's like, okay, what? And I was like, well, what are you doing with all the music? And she's like, well, you know, it's expensive to make. And I'm like, yeah, but what are you doing with it? Are you going to put it out? No. So what, what are you doing with it? Can you give it back to me? She's like, well, that's not really how it works. Like, da, da, da. and I'm like, okay, well, can it work like that? This is what I'm asking you for. This is what I need. If you're gonna drop me, can you give me back the songs I recorded under this contract? Because I'm gonna do something with them. I got them back. Pretty unheard of. And the next month, I got a sink in Scream Queens in the scene where Ariana Grande dies, and I made more money on that sink than my entire advance. And that's when I realized why would I ever be on a major label again unless
0: like what those terms I said earlier, like why? So. Well, first of all, I'm obsessed with that. (laughs) I. And I love it because it's so, you know, obviously Taylor Swift, re- after Scooter br- bought all of her music, she went and re-recorded it. Our friend Bonnie re-recording. I love Bonnie for doing it too. Go, Bonnie. I love I, fucking Bonnie McKee the best. Bonnie's re-recording all of her shit, which I yep. love. I love it. So hits. awesome. Hit. They're mm-hmm. all, I mean, it's fucking Bonnie. It's like hits on hits on hits. <laughs> hits on hits. She just Bonnie started. is very... Bonnie is <laughs> very good at TikTok. She's so good at TikTok. I know. I need her to get It's to so me. annoying, actually. I I didn't go to her 4th of July. Speaking of... Well, because I think that's actually the last time I saw you was at the Halloween party. It was the last time I saw you
1: up front. And you guys were dressed as like the Great American Baking or something. And I, I didn't even know the show. Nobody were, did.
0: And, no, no, you were early. You were early. We and were so began, early. biggest thing. It was <laughs> so funny. We looked so fucking stupid at that party. I was like... Do, and we just had gotten married we were so exhausted i was like the thinnest <laughs> i will ever be for the rest of my life and you look great thank you and simon um oh my god what's his last name simon from fucking mtv oh simon rex yeah, yeah. simon rex I Darn- know der nasty that's right i was like what's simon's last name anyway simon who i know mm-hmm. we were in the kitchen and he was like what are you why are you dressed as an old lady and i was like dude i don't fucking know we thought this was funny he was just like you look nuts i'm like i gotta <laughs> fucking i can't bonnie and then she was dressed as like a beautiful cyborg it's too much mm-hmm. the stakes are too high at that halloween party she's so lovely please keep inviting me bonnie but i can't it's like the fourth of july party's too much It's all too much. I'm getting old and like anxious. And I'm like, who the fuck are all these cool people? Why is everybody like hot and in a bathing suit? And I can't deal. But yes, that is the last time. I didn't go to Fourth of July this year either. I I wasn't in town, but
1: secretly, like, don't be mad, Bon. um, I didn't want to go because of those same reasons. I didn't want to go be in a bikini and not. I just didn't. I don't know. Being a mom. I don't know. I just feel. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Also, like people. Yeah, I could go
0: off on a whole thing. Yeah. I know. I can't, but I love you, Bonnie, for life. Literally. I love um, Bonnie for life too. But yeah, I don't I don't want to. Yeah. But I can't go to those parties anymore. I'm like, <laughs> But your old. costume
1: was amazing. You,
0: committed. you. So. I really committed. I've had some good, I've had some good Bonnie McKee Halloween costume. Were you at the one where Rachel and I were Elvis and Priscilla? That was good.
1: Yes, it was. Is that the one where Bonnie and Darren were um
0: Yes. Sharon Tate and yes. Charles
1: Manson. yeah i remember
0: your costume you were it was so good it was sick that was a good was one too and then it one time sick. we went in as lucius lion and cookie from empire that was kind of oh funny. my god it, we have had good ones and so have you but i i sidetrack the owning the masters owning the music owning your things i think you know listen when i left myspace i had that show getting nailed remember about nail art that bonnie was on and i mm. asked for my show and I ended up selling that show. I mean, it got shelved a bajazillion times. That's why I love like you. Good really- for you, though. I didn't know that you did that. Oh, Good yeah. I was like, can I have this? And they were like, same exact thing. They're like, no. And I'm like, but but can I? And yeah. I literally do. I own it. I mean, I could do whatever I want with it now, but I would never not do that again. And I think like, listen, I mean, I got offered kind of okay money for amber rose do you die to host the show and i said no i was like you know what nah fuck it i no. i would rather see it die Mm -hmm. in my closet like in a hill in the hill that i've fucking built than watch amber rose like take something that i had to fight so hard for and i think like You know, you getting your song, it's, I think, I love that especially female artists are talking about it more and more and that, like, people that aren't in our industry understand what residuals and syncs and masters are because I Mm -hmm. think we have to support, like, all of us, we have to support each other. Eden and I go on to talk about her favorite Bravo celebrities, and if you want to hear all about that, please head on over to my Patreon, uh, because it's pretty funny, her answers and my reactions. And I just can't seem to fucking escape Bravo no matter what I do. But I'm going to say this. Eden is truly the personification of hard work. She has never stopped. She, like, literally nothing stands in her way. She's kind. She's curious and courteous. She is intimidating because she's so beautiful, but her vibe and her heart, and again, really like her talent and work ethic is just so lovable and endearing. And I just, I love her music and I love her and I'm so glad you got to meet her if you don't know her already, which I'm sure some of you guys do. Um, But check out her new song. It is so good. The music video is insane. We'll link it in the show notes so that you can check it out. But it's so important in times like now with the writer strike, with the SAG strike, that we support indie artists. Like I, I was on threads and somebody wrote, how do we support artists in this time? And like, what should we do? And I think the reality of it is it's like, share people's music, find people, you know, like I don't like whatever, like in your hometown, like stream all day, every day, By Eden. Go on her YouTube channel, write her a note. Hell, go on my podcast and give me five stars. Write a review, tell your homie, yo, I love Liz Cully or I love Eden or I love whoever. Word of mouth is so important. And I think I often forget to do it because I'm like in my phone and I'm just like listening to what I'm listening to. I'm also like horrible at just listening to the same fucking records from the 90s and early 2000s so I also reminding myself of this but I think the more recommendations you can give and sharing like even if it's a recipe like you love something or if you see a food blogger that you love like fucking share it and and spread the wealth because like I was saying at the beginning of the episode I think the entertainment industry the music industry can feel so top heavy And it can sometimes feel like the only people in the world making songs are five people, or the only people that ever star in films are like five people, Um, but that's not true. And uh, it's up to all of us to make sure, uh, you know, the love just goes around.